Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talk's podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are things going? I had the most disappointing moment today in I don't know how long. So there's a Target store, which is a big box store here in the US, mm-hmm. um, that's like five minutes from where I live. And because I'm not an asshole and can talk to people... I made friends with one of the guys that works there, and he basically let me know that they get their electronic shipments in on Saturday. So cool. So I'm always there every Saturday to see if I can score me a console, and I get there, and I see the bright, shining box, and it's the fucking mini fridge. I was so disappointed. Oh, the Xbox mini, yeah, mini fridge. Now, they have been (laughs) consistently getting the Series S's in stock, and I might get that one because... My uh, 1S has been being a little janky as of late to where I'll have uh, games that I've digitally downloaded um, just not play. They don't freeze. They don't break. Like, the audio continues to go on, but the button presses don't work. Right. So, might be time to... And I had been planning on getting a 1S to use as a a streaming device for, you know, having a TV in my bedroom and then just doing that there. Um, so I might just break down and get a, a Series S, and then at some point, if it ever gets back in stock, get me a, a, a Series X. Cool, cool. Um, but, did you buy the... I'm guessing you didn't buy the fridge? No. no. I mean, mini fridges are cool. Yeah, yeah. In very certain, very specific situations. It's just the apartment that I'm in right now is super tiny, and I know I'm not going to be living here when the lease is up, because this place sucks bad um in so many different ways um so i just i didn't want the clutter i didn't want to buy something and not take it out of the box because i would just be moving it in a couple months right yeah yeah hmm all right other than that you're all good yeah i'm good i played a lot of hades this week um okay normally i'm not the biggest fan of roguelikes but this one the progression to both in learning the game and getting better at the game, but like the upgrades and stuff, it's not super generous, but it also doesn't feel like it's fighting you. It's like so many uh, roguelites that I've played, it's like the, you're battling against the progression upgrade system and not the actual enemies. This one is fairly straightforward, is fairly intuitive, and so it's easier to you know see that improvement and keep going with this, that, and the other. Um, that's about all I really had time to play. Cool, cool. Um, so for me, excuse me, I um, I'm waiting until midnight when uh, Sifu comes out because uh, I did manage to um, digitally pre-order it. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I didn't manage to get a copy of Dying Light sent to me. Apparently, it was in a bit of demand, which is good for the game. Good that a lot of people are wanting to play it, um, but seeing as I'm getting seafood in a couple of hours, I can wait a little bit for uh, for Dying Light. Um, also got Demons Souls back. Uh, I was kind of missing the game, um, mm-hmm. so I, I plunked a few hours into that earlier. Um, I did die after I made some decent progression, so that kind of sucked, but it comes with the territory. Um, but that was... Uh, it's a very satisfying game to play. Like, the, the gameplay loop. Apart from when you restart the loop, obviously. Um, but uh, that was that was quite good. I was, I was avoiding some dragons and, and whatnot. So that was... 
that was pretty good. Uh, other than that, been playing some COD. That was uh, that's been interesting. Um, watched a couple of shows. Obviously, this is a gaming episode, so I'll save those for something else. Uh, played some. Um, well, well, I I think I played something else this week. Uh, as many Demon Souls today, and uh, that's pretty much it. I've kind of just been waiting for um, Dying Light to to kind of come out and been playing some COD and watching some shows in between that time. But uh, I'm curious to see how far I'll get with Demon's Souls because uh, we've also got like Horizon out in two weeks. But I I kind of I prefer having too many games to play than nothing um mm-hmm. like when i was because like i was waiting for dying light and now there's like dying light on the way horizon in two weeks i've got sifu and i've got demon souls um i suppose it's just about playing what i'm in the mood to play yeah i tra- actually have been thinking about getting that um that doesn't come out until the eighth year so i want to kind of see what the reviews are on it before i pull the trigger on it mm-hmm. yeah um but uh no I, I paid a little bit more for like the slightly special version because I wanted to play it on uh, on Sunday, um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've all I've kind of been doing. Um, I'm trying to see if I should change the class of my uh, character for, for Demon Souls, but then I don't really want to start again. But then I, I, I'm liking the character that I've got. I'm just wondering if I can do better with a different character because I kind of just thought like, oh yeah, shield and sword, and I'll see how far I can kind of get, but. Um, there's certain things that could possibly be better because I haven't got like any magic stuff yet, so I, uh, I I don't know. I know certain people that get like five six hours into these types of games and they're like, oh, I'm gonna start again with a new character and then they just they do the whole thing again. Um, but I suppose if you end up picking a character that's better for you, you might get through the game quicker or easier. I suppose so. There could be could be benefit for that. It, it's certainly one of them games in one of them series that is very risk and reward i suppose uh in like every way shape and form i suppose um but no i'll give my impressions of seafood next week once i've played some of it i'll talk some more demon souls next week and if i've got any dying lights i will talk about that as well so um there we go uh yep not got too much else to add in terms of gaming to uh gaming stuff um just a case of waiting for certain games to come out and i'll have more things to uh to say next week um all right that's it for that little piece um gonna jump into some housekeeping now and then we've got uh some more purchases to talk about today apparently so uh we'll talk about those in a minute hi there and thanks very much for listening today i'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links the first of which is our amazon affiliate link that's where you can shop on amazon we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra so whether you're get, getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link 
If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film And we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, um, did a new chat podcast episode today, uh, just a few hours ago actually. Uh, Talking about December slash January, so the end of last year and the beginning of this year. Uh, For those of you who haven't listened to the episode yet, well, it's only been out for a few hours anyway. Um, December ended with um, 2021 being Entertainment Talk's biggest year. Um, So that was uh, really, really awesome to talk about. And January 2022 is getting off to, or got off to a very good start. And February is off to a good start as well. So uh, all good in terms of the health i suppose the status the status of entertainment talk um things are uh, very very good right now so i talked about that kind of stuff talks about my new job as well didn't go into like every single detail just the basic stuff what kind of place i'm working at what i'm doing how all that's kind of going long story short it's going pretty well um so that's pretty good because i've mentioned here and there haven't i that i've got like a a new job i've mentioned that in the last couple of months on like entertainment talk podcast and geek town podcast so I thought I would just go on the chat podcast and just talk about all of that. Uh, Then also just some general chit-chat about other different things as well, because it is the chat podcast. So there's that. Uh, Very, very disappointing night last night. Manchester United drew 1-1 with Middlesbrough, but then lost 8-7 on penalties. Manchester United are out of the FA Cup. We lost to Middlesbrough. I'm as shocked as some of you probably are as well. Um, Some of you might not know how good Middlesbrough are. They are a championship team. So they're not even in the same league as Manchester United. Uh, an extremely wasteful Manchester United team yesterday. And um, yeah, there's, there's, it's not a good season for Man United right now. Not just, but both on and off the pitch, there's some very bad things happening. So um, there's that. And we play against Burnley on uh, Tuesday night. So uh, look out for that. That's the Premier League game because there will be no more FA Cup games because we're not in the competition anymore. Uh, over on the classic reviews, you're good there? Yeah. Just moving some cables around, sorry. Alright. Over on the Classic Reviews episode this week, we've got Season 5, Episode 8. And it's for The Simpsons, which in my opinion, in my eyes, are probably... is probably the most iconic TV show out there. And one of the most, if not the most, iconic TV family. It's been, you know, around for, what, over three decades now. And that review is not for a specific episode or a specific season. It's just a general discussion on uh, The Simpsons and whatnot. You can find that over here on Disney Plus in the UK. Um, So I talked about that. Uh, Over on the DC side of a couple of things, I did a wrap-up podcast for Supergirl Season 6. bit late, but I thought I'd wrap up my uh, thoughts and feelings. There was a lot of things to discuss. The series finale, the final season, Melissa Benoist's 
uh, role of Supergirl, the legacy of the show, you know, moving on to Sasha Cully in, in the Flash film and all that kind of stuff. So I talked about that. Uh, I also did my must-see review for Hawkeye Season 1, which, switching over to Marvel, is the newest addition to the MCU over on Disney+. Plus. So that was really, really great to talk about. Uh, over on the other United Cast episodes on Sunday, I think I recorded this, uh, very late on that day. Um, I talked about Man United's January 2022 transfer wrap-up, where we bought nobody and we let go of about six players. Also talked about as well the Mason Greenwood situation. As well, gaming talk last week, we talked about Horizon Forbidden West, NTFs, UFL, and Battlefield 2042. Another recent Classic Reviews episode is for Space Jam, that's for Season 5, Episode 7. Month of Positive Creators have finished now uh, with the fifth episode from January, um, which was talking about Louise, who's another ASMR artist, which was the theme for this year's season. So you can check that out over on the other Gaming Talk episode we did two weeks ago. Uh, we talked about the Xbox Activision uh, Blizzard acquisition thing and my first impressions of the PlayStation 5. So you can check all that out over on entertainmenttalk.org. You can also find us as well on your favourite podcast platform. Just search for Entertainment Talk. Alright, let's get into some news. Speaking of purchases, um, I, we, do, we do have an email to attach to this as well, but uh, Sony took their turn this time. Um, Sony's acquired Bungie for $3.6 billion. Uh, so Bungie's now a Sony first-party studio. Uh, this is not as big to talk about than the Activision thing, which had like loads and loads of things. Obviously, it was way more expensive than this Sony one. Uh, there's been some reports attached to this going out that one billion of this acquisition was to retain Bungie's employees, which, I mean, I haven't seen the paperwork on the contracts, but that doesn't quite make sense to me. We can get into that in a second. Um, but yeah, obviously Bungie responsible for all of the Destiny games, Destiny 1 and 2, and there's a bunch of expansions. That's what they've been doing for, what, the last five, ten years, give or take? can't remember when Bungie 1 came uh, Bungie 1 when Destiny 1 came out but it's been 5 to 10 years hasn't it for uh Destiny's history and they were of course responsible for some of the earlier um Halo games before that got switched over to 343 who've made the recent um two games I think which is Halo Infinite and the Master Chief Collection I think they did Halo 4 as well but that's what they're responsible for recently they also used to be don't know if some of you remember this. They did used to be tied to Activision, didn't they? Then they yeah, that was actually from them. Um, uh, which is funny. Which is funny when you think about it, because Activ- so Activision and Bungie were not only separate from Sony and Microsoft, but they were together. Then they got separated, and now Xbox has picked up one of them, and Sony's picked up the other one. So I find that quite interesting. Um, Robert, what's your initial kind of thoughts on this and stuff? Yeah, this purchase is super confusing. Uh, mm-hmm. To your earlier point, the one billion plus—I think it was like one third of the purchase was supposed to be for employee retention. Bungie has nine hundred employees. I don't know 
how many of them actually work on Destiny and Destiny 2. I can't imagine it being that many. Mm. Um, we do know that there is a game that they're going to be coming out with soon. Uh, I don't know what that is. Nobody knows what that is because they haven't released uh, anything on it yet. Um, so I imagine that $1 billion is part staffing up for uh, um, any future projects, part bonuses and incentives for people to stay on board. And apparently Bungie's a really great company to work for. I know a guy who knows a guy that knew a bunch of people that used to work at Wizards of the Coast and now work at Bungie. And according to my tertiary contact, they love working there. Um, so, you know, good for them. Yay. That's good, um, yeah. It's not like everybody's going to be driving Ferraris and whatnot to the parking lot. Um, Cause that money's got to go over a lot of people and I'm sure it's not paid out in one big bulk. It's like salary increases for the more, you know, experience in season staff. Uh, the thing that, that doesn't really make any sense is that outside of whatever they're working on now, all Bungie literally has is destiny Two. The theory that I've heard is that this is just Sony buying them for their live service experience. Hmm. I I think what this is with the, with the Xbox Activision one, I think that was for IP and to mm-hmm. possibly basically save Activision from the state that it was in. The same way the Bethesda thing happened, like for different reasons, obviously. Uh, well, some similar reasons, but also different reasons as well. Um, I th- I think both with the Zenimax Bethesda thing, Microsoft looked at that and thought, hey, we could do some really good stuff with this IP and like, you know give um uh give uh, Bethesda the shot in the arm it desperately needs and then looked at Activision and thought hey there's some really strong IP over there as well such as you know Call of Duty one of the biggest games every single year and thought hey not only does this Bobby guy need to go but we can also um you know take the IP with it and i think the way that Microsoft specifically looking at that is with like, hey, Bethesda, they've got Fallout and Doom and Elder Scrolls and etc, etc, etc. And Activision, they've got Crash and Call of Duty and all these, other, you know, all these other games. And that is for Game Pass. Whereas I think with, um, uh, what's it, with with, uh, with Bungie and with Housemark and with people like Bluepoint, I think that's more just about studio talent as opposed to IP. Um, because, I mean, Housemark, they did, like, Returnal. Returnal's not the biggest thing, but then Returnal, uh, not Returnal, Housemark has, like, proved themselves, and then they were in bed, quote-unquote, with, with Sony already. Um, so they decided to sweep them up, and in the, the Insomniac deal, you know, the Spider-Man stuff was going really well. The Sony IPs already... Uh, sorry, the uh, Sony Spider-Man IP is already in Sony's hands in that situation, and they made... Went on 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 and made Ratchet, and I think Sony looked at that and thought more talent. Um, so where I think Microsoft is doing these, I think it's for IP and to boost Game Pass and to also save some of these companies, basically because of the states that they're in. But I think for Sony, this is purely about talent because I don't think the likes of Returnal, um, like Demon Souls and Destiny are like the biggest IP. I mean, Destiny's still you know, quite big, and and that I I heard it. You know, still got some some big players, but I don't think it's as big. Well, it's nowhere near as big as COD, and it's not as big as something like um, 
you know, Call of Duty. But, sorry, not, uh, Fallout, sorry, that's what I meant to say. Um, so this, on that front, the Bungie thing makes sense to me because they can sweep up Bungie and just get them to make on new IP. They can do the same thing with Insomniac, that they're doing that with Wolverine, that that Wolverine mm-hmm. game and the Spider-Man 2. And I think Housemark's going to go on and either do, I mean, I don't know what happens at the end of Returnal, if you can do another sequel or whatnot but to do more stuff and then the blue point thing makes a lot of sense because they already did two uh remasters what was it is guardian something because they did they did demon souls and they did um is it the last no not last guardian was it last guardian the it, you where... might be thinking of the remake for shadow of the colossus shadow of colossus that's it thank you um of that one and again i think i don't think that's about those ip i think it's about the talent that did really well with that game and with Sony, I think they may be looking to make, because admittedly, a lot of those, a lot of those Sony titles I've just mentioned are kind of niche things, apart from obviously Spider-Man, which isn't a niche title at all. Um, whereas titles like Fallout and COD, they're not niche at all. They've got massive um, audiences. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I did kind of look at this at first, and I thought, oh, they've only really kind of done Destiny and then some Halo in the past and things like that, but. There's nothing stopping Sony from because I d- I didn't know how many I don't know how many employees are at certain studios because I didn't know they had 900. But if they're looking at that and they're maybe thinking, I mean, first of all, you can also add to a studio. You can also have them continue to support Destiny and make Destiny because that seems to be going relatively well. Uh, and then you can also get them to work on something new in in sci-fi as well, which obviously they've got a lot of experience in with Halo. And with Destiny, you know, these first-person sci-fi shooters. Um, Because there's also things like Resistance still um, around that you could do something with. Uh, Maybe somebody will do something with that. Or maybe Sony will make a new new first-person shooter IP um, or something. Because I think think where Sony's dominating with a lot of their blockbuster titles, most of those games are third-person action games. You've got God of War, third-person action. Ratchet and Clank, third-person action. Last of Us, Uncharted, Horizon, uh, Days Gone. Obviously, there's a didn't quite work there, but same kind of thing. And I know some people have moaned about this, like, oh, the Sony formula thing. But the formula works. That Most of those series have been very, very successful. Some have won, like, Game of the Year stuff, like with Last of Us and God of War. Um, I wonder if Sony's looking and thinking, okay, where else can we... Unless they want... Um, uh, Bungie to do a third person like sci-fi game even though they sort of even though Housemark just did one with Returnal um, but there's there's plenty of options you could do with that it doesn't just have to be more Destiny I think that's the way Sony may be looking at that because they kind of did the same thing with Gorilla and with um, uh, what's the name Insomniac where they've done like Ratchet and Clank and Spider-Man still like third person act and wolverine which is probably going to be another third person action games um and they're Death stranding i know it's a bit sort of second party or whatever with kojima but it's another third person action game so i i think sony should potentially look at okay we've completely nailed down this genre this third person action genre right and obviously you've got like racing games coming up with G- uh, gran turismo 7 soon I wonder potentially if they're looking at 
Bungie and thinking, can you make us a new, not something to compete with Halo, because Halo is its own sort of beast, isn't it, really? Mm-hmm. I wonder if they could look at that and think, could you make something in the vein of a Halo Resistance Destiny, but something that's new? Something that sparks a bit more of that sort of first-person action thing? Maybe. I mean, we don't know their plans, but I'm just uh, speculating. But what do you think of like Sony's studios and what they might be trying to do here? Uh, hard telling. Like I said, the, the only rumor that really makes sense is that because Bungie has been doing this live service for so long that mm. Sony is looking to, to bump up their back end on that. Uh, the only thing that I could find IP-wise was the, the aforementioned unnamed future project, which right. doesn't even have a release date yet, doesn't even have a name yet. Um, but some article that I was looking up said it possibly launched 2025. So that's three years down the road at a bare minimum. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's a weird purchase. I mean, they got them fairly cheap, all things considered. Um. Because I can't find what IPs Bungie owns outside of the Destiny franchise. They've made a lot of stuff, but it's nothing that's really active. No, they they're looked at these days as like the old Halo studio, but the current Destiny studio. That's the way that I kind of look at them as well, because that's what they've mm-hmm. been doing. And they're doing a good job. That's not like knocking them. Just because you've been doing the same thing for years doesn't mean that's a bad thing. They're clearly good at doing that. Um, But yeah, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe they could go in a couple of different routes where they continue supporting Destiny in whatever way, shape, or form that is. They do a new fir- first-person IP, and then maybe they still stick to the Sony formula and do like a third-person action game i mean look how many games insomniac's been able to make they made 2018 spider-man they made spider-man mars morales they did ratchet and clank rift apart and now they're doing spider-man 2 and they're doing wolverine granted some of those games are going to be you know over over a period of time um and it's fascinating to look um because it's something i'm very fascinated by as well Uh, like the the difference with like microsoft going for ip to fill up game pass which is a i like that strategy that's what i've been kind of asking them to do um, and then Sony going more for studios where, you know, Microsoft has just spent like $68 billion on loads of IP, granted CODs in there, and that's obviously worth a hell of a lot of money. And then you've got like Insomniac who have brought for what, 200, uh, was it 200 million or something like that? Mm, I something think. like that. And then like how much they've been able to get out of that studio, but then that's talent and not necessarily... IP, so I I I can't wait. In this is going to be one of those things, like three to five years time, to see what Bungie's been able to do and what Microsoft's been able to do with like Activision and Zenimax, Bethesda, and all this other kind of stuff. Um, because I can't wait to see once things get a bit more settled. Obviously, with the Activision Blizzard thing, you haven't dotted all the i's and crossed the t's. Uh, but once that happens, and you can start putting some of those games onto Game Pass. Um, what that looks like, and then once Sony starts pumping out some more games with, you know, Bungie now in, in the mix, and obviously Housemark and uh, Bluepoint recently, how that kind of goes. Because as I said, I think two episodes ago with the um, Activision thing, I want both of these companies to be fighting each other to see who can make the best games like the best blockbuster games because then we can just sit in a corner well not in a corner we can sit on a chair and watch them and just enjoy what they're both putting out um and and then nintendo can do their thing (laughs) so um yeah and i actually have a companion article to that 
um, there was an investor call, an investor Q&A with uh, President uh, Shantaro Furukawa, uh, and they asked him about that. And he said, our brand was built upon craft was built upon products crafted with dedication by our employees and having a large number of people who don't possess Nintendo DNR group would not be a plus to the company. He didn't directly rule it out, but it would be something that only if it was absolutely necessary. Hmm. Yes, yeah, this has to do with acquisitions, I think, isn't mm-hmm. it? And they said that they're not quite interested. That quite that did surprise me a bit, but then like you talk about the big powerhouses of gaming and you've got obviously Sony, Microsoft, then you've got Nintendo. And Nintendo has kind of done its own thing for the longest time, which is fine. They've been very successful doing that. Um, but, I don't know, I think Nintendo's capable of a lot, obviously. And they've done a really, really great job with the Switch and some of the games that they've put onto it. But, um, yeah, I'm just curious to see how all this kind of stuff works out. Um, I want to go back to this $1 billion thing for the employees is that a normal thing is that an american specific thing have you sort of heard of that what what was that kind of i've not heard of that before um the fact that it's happening in this deal means that it was something that was negotiated by bungie uh with playstation um they probably it was probably part of the negotiations to where well if you want us to do this and this and this we're going to need to keep these people and, you know, throwing a giant pile of money at them is the easiest way to keep people. Uh, so that would be my speculation. And that's all it is, granted, is pure speculation. Mm. But that would make the most sense. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Uh, it's also a lot of money to do that as well. <laughs> like, Well, uh, in, but... in any business, payroll is always going to be your largest expense, no matter what. Mm-hmm. I mean... Like just just basic math here. They had nine hundred people. Let's say they're paying them on average fifty thousand a year. That's forty five million dollars a year in right. payroll. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. You don't want to see you don't want to see Man United's wage bill. It's uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, you should look at some of the wage bills at the NFL. It's mm. like mental. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Uh, let's move on to a question from Harrison, which is tied to acquisitions and whatnot uh it says uh, so guys you uh both said about sony and microsoft settling with what they've got um then along comes this bungee purchase who's next and is this exciting i think this is very exciting for gamers because what we want at the end of the day is obviously you know good good workplaces for these people to work first of all obviously that's important which hasn't entirely actually been the case which is a shame Especially on like Activision's side, um, but the other thing that we want within all this media is just we just want great games, and I want I, I want it to be sort of like King Kong vs King Kong, um, King Kong versus Godzilla thing, where they're both just punching the heck out of each other, and we're just entertained by watching these two big companies with great games just fight each other. Um, I think that's that's what we want really. Um, because as much as you know, I've preferred Sony's games and their ecosystem. That doesn't mean I want Microsoft to do badly. Um, I want Microsoft to try to pull me in with their games as well, and to to you know make me try and figure out you know which which platforms I want to play games on. Because I want them both to be as successful as each other. Uh, in terms of um, who's next, um, I mean we said this two weeks ago, but like. Sony and Microsoft don't need any more 
acquisitions. You watch between now and the next podcast, somebody will have bought like I don't know somebody else. Um, that's exactly what we said about two weeks ago. Um, who's next? There's been some speculation about like Konami. I don't think any. I don't think anybody's buying Konami because I don't think Konami would want to sell IP. Um, we have discussed that multiple times before. Uh, somebody said about Capcom and Square Enix. Um, I mean, the thing is, right, if you keep doing this over and over and over again, buying studios, buying studios, buying studios, eventually there won't be any big ones left to buy. Because um, what are the other big ones we have left? We've got, like, Take-Two, Rockste- Rockstar, we've got Rocksteady, we've got Ubisoft, EA, Square Enix, uh, Kojima, which I know is kind of tied in a bit with PlayStation, but they're not, they're not owned by PlayStation, are they? Um... Konami. Can you think of any other ones? Uh, not off the top of my head. If you, I can more narrow down that Microsoft is more likely to buy a company than Sony, just because they have the checkbook. Yeah. This is something yeah. that I found out. I was I was in a group discussion with a couple other people. Apparently, Microsoft has 135 billion dollars liquid that they could just drop on something right now. Okay. What? Yeah. What did the what did what did the sixty eight play within that? Uh, or was that, that after? wasn't that wasn't involved because I'm sure the sixty eight was you know part uh, stocks, part something else. Um, obviously that sale hasn't gone through yet. That'll probably be to like next year before that finishes out. Right. But yeah. Microsoft, a couple other companies like that, just have giant piles of cash to do with whatever the hell they want. Hmm. Yeah. Can they buy Man United? That would be, like, really helpful. <laughs> you never know. Um, one of the original uh, founders of Microsoft, Steve Ballmer, bought an NBA team with his billions. Mm. So Please, a- a- anybody, anybody but the Glazers, because, Jesus Christ, they're terrible owners. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, I, I was kind of thinking about this at work after um, Bungie was bought. And um, I thought, like, I was imagining, like, a dream kind of scenario, right, where Microsoft buys Man United for, let's say, four billion or something. That's usually a standard amount. I don't know what the Glazers would, I don't know what the Glazers would want, but let's just say four billion for an example. And then they buy, like, the Man United rights from Sky and like BT, so the games aren't shown on there. And then I can just, and then they just put all of Man United's games on Game Pass. And then I could like stream the like subscribe to Game Pass and stream all the games. That would be that would be pretty cool. That would cost uh, Microsoft still a lot of money, but um, that would be uh, kind of cool. So yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, anything else to say about this Bungie thing? It's not really as big as the Activision stuff. It is interesting though. I suppose it's one of those things that'll be interesting in two years' time. Yeah, when they have some games to show or whatever. So. Um, Alright, let's move on from that and talk about... Um, I thought we had an email tied to this. No, we do not. Uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League um, has been delayed to 2023. Another game we were talking about, was it the previous episode, one before that? One of the last two episodes that we did a bit closer together. And... um, we had talked about uh, somebody. I think somebody had asked us, hadn't they? What game is going to do well? And what game is going to like flop this year? And 
I can't remember what you said, but I said Suicide Squad. Um, do you remember what game that you said? Not off the top of my head, no. Uh, okay, I think that was like two episodes ago. But I said Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Anyway, uh, it's been delayed. Um, of course, Rocksteady is the one that's doing this, the one that's done the previous Batman games. Uh, been delayed to 2023. Um, oh, yeah, do have... Yeah, I misread the email that we do have here. It's from Becky. She says, uh, Long time, first time. You're very welcome. Uh, was Matt right about the Suicide Squad game with its delay to 2023? I hadn't seen the gameplay until it was mentioned, and I thought it looked okay. Um, yeah, I mean, whether you think it looked awesome, or the worst game ever, or somewhere in between is, is entirely your opinion. I thought parts of it looked fine, but I didn't think it looked great, and that was my issue. Um, clearly, somebody somewhere else thought it didn't look great or there's some sort of problems or they couldn't they thought they couldn't get the game out this year which is a little bit surprising because we're only in february for this year and maybe there's certain timetables that they've got and they realize they just couldn't make it this year um but i'm not entirely surprised there's been a few problems with warner brothers i've heard some issues about um gotham knights and the harry potter game which is hogwarts legacy uh but robert what do you think of uh, suicide squad's delay i'm okay with it in the sense that you know, it's better than putting out a bad game. We've had way too many games yeah, launched yeah. bad, broken. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I'm sure the people that are, like, super hyped for it are kind of bummed out with it. But other than that, um, I'm just happy that they're getting more time and they're not being forced to put out a bad game. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Um, I'm just going to say this as well. And this might seem like an exaggeration, but this is just from my own analysis of the company from multiple different levels i think until because there's supposed to be this discovery warner merger happening isn't there i don't know when that's supposed to be but there's a lot of talk about that both from the film certainly from a film side from a tv side somewhat and maybe now from a game side i think there's some big problems at warner brothers there's just there's just been too many weird and bad and strange things that have happened over the last couple of years and i'm not just saying because i haven't enjoyed certain dc films or tv shows i'm not talking about that i'm talking about like a few strange things with like hbo max its availability um the games things that are happening now uh this like need for well, there was two mergers or something there's like a merger now with discovery and there was the one before with um was it Warner Media or something? But then somebody sold some shares of something. So it's it feels like it's a, li- a company that's a little bit all over the place and hasn't quite got their shit together. Um, and with I- I'm not hearing like specific things in terms of their game problems. Obviously, they've got these three games on the way, which is a Harry Potter game and two DC games, uh, or a Hogwarts game and two DC games. And I just keep hearing these little things here and there and seeing these little videos here and there about like Hogwarts has got this problem, Gotham Knights has got this problem and Suicide Squad's now delayed and it just gives me the overall feeling that there's something not quite right at Warner Brothers um, and I still maintain the opinion I've had for a while, I think it's an executive's problem, like the people that are at the top. Um, do you have like similar kind of feeling or ha- what do you kind of think of I guess Warner Brothers as a whole? Honestly, I haven't really seen that much of it because they really haven't made a game that I kind of wanted to play. So mm-hmm. yeah. I can't think of the last game they put out that I've actually really wanted to play. Mm. It's been a while, I think. Yeah. I mean, they had Injustice 2. That was good. That was a few years ago. Um, 
but no, it just seems like a bit of a strange company at the moment. So, um, all right, let's move on to our next thing. Um, did you see the state? There was two state of plays this week, which was weird. I watched the first couple of minutes of the GT7, and I was very interested. I didn't get time to finish it, and I'll have to talk about that on the next episode. Um, did you see either that one or the Ghostwire Tokyo stream? I did uh, watch the Ghostwire Tokyo part of it. I didn't watch it live. I, I caught it on demand yeah. after I found out about it. So I have seen parts of Ghostwire Tokyo. Okay, what did you think of that? Uh, kind of interesting. I mean, it's always been on my radar uh, for a while. It actually is available for pre-order on PC. Uh, they did put a launch, uh, release date on it of March 28th, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, late March, I know that. Um, I might be playing it on my PC just because the way the visuals look, I don't think it's going to run all that well on my PS4. Right, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Because it's what, PS4, 5, and the PC game? I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I so both of these state of plays were half an hour, I think, roughly. I got five minutes into the Ghostwire Tokyo one, and I was just like, I I just don't think this game looks good. And I remember saying that the first time we saw this game. Um, I think it this might be a strange word to use regarding this game because there is like a lot going on. I think it looks strangely sort of just kind of basic and a little bit bland in certain spots and. Some of, like, the animations don't look quite that great. I didn't think the the characters come across that interesting. That's not because they were speaking in foreign language or anything. I've seen that in dozens of films and TV and games and whatnot. Um, Something just didn't quite seem right with this game. And I said that the first time when we saw it six months to a year ago, whenever that was. And I just still have the same problems. I had no idea this game was coming out in March. So considering this game's supposed to be out in like a month, um, it's probably going to be one that I'm going to be skipping. I didn't think it looked awful or terrible. I just thought there's just something not quite right with this with this game. And I was looking at some of the combat, and they were trying to do this sort of fancy stuff with some of the powers, and it, it none of it just quite looked right. It didn't look. It looked like it still should be in the oven for about a year or so um yeah that was that was kind of my my uh takeaway from it but you know i i I sat there for like the five minutes i saw a good i've seen a good enough chunk of gameplay from this game and i just thought okay i don't i don't need to watch the other 20 minutes because i don't think you're gonna show me anything else that's gonna really sell me um is this like a day one kind of thing for you When, when are you planning on maybe jumping in no, this wouldn't be a day one. This is definitely wait after the reviews. Yeah, yeah. So you're gonna wait for it to like go on sale six months, two year, or whenever that's gonna kind of be. Maybe just kind of depends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I was just left very unimpressed by by that. Um, is that supposed to be the last Bethesda game that's like? Because this is Sony exclusive, isn't it? Um, well, it's not Sony exclusive because I'm able to pre-order it on my computer. Right. Um. It's it's a Sony console exclusive. Yes, that's the word. Yeah. 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 That and uh, Deathloop were the only two that people were freaking out about after mm. Microsoft bought Bethesda. And Microsoft, you know, honored the contracts. Um, yeah. Now I'm sure once that exclusivity is up, they're going to be on, you know, on console. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. yeah De- Deathloop came and went, didn't it? No, yeah, no, that kind of fizzled out. Anymore. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's talking about Deathloop anymore. 
Um, there was quite a lot of discussion for about a week on that game. And a few people I follow on YouTube are covering it. And they were like, ah, this is fine. And I remember listening to Colin and Chris and Dustin, I think, on Sacred Symbols. And they were like, eh, it's just kind of like, it started off alright, but kind of veered off. Um, I did hear it had some interesting dual sense stuff, which is obviously something I'm looking out for, but I, 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 obviously I just mentioned at the start of the show how many games I've kind of got at the moment, so I'll I'll have a look at Deathloop eventually, it's, I can rent it kind of whenever I want to, um, but it's not something I need to immediately jump on like right now, so yeah. Uh, last thing I've got is um, a bit of an update from Rockstar, so not Rocksteady who did the Suicide Squad or doing the Suicide Squad game, this is from Rockstar who of course are doing another game from that little GTA series. Uh they mentioned something about the GTA five game coming out March at some point uh of this year, which I didn't see a lot of buzz about. What did get a lot of buzz and some discussion was news that they just kinda casually put this in their press release thing of like, oh we're well underway at work on the next entry in the series. You've all been asking us about it and that work is like well underway. Um I think we already knew GTA 6 was in development. Obviously there was going to be one eventually. This is one of the biggest, not just one of the biggest games in the world. This is one of the biggest franchises in the world. Um, considering the monumental success of Grand Theft Auto 5. That, that game has stayed on sales charts most months since 2013. It, it's quite incredible how, how well that game has done. And obviously it's been on... Three generations of consoles: PS3, mm-hmm. PS4, and now PS5. Uh, and obviously, if you include Xbox 360, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, which is technically three generations. Um, and obviously, you know, PC and stuff. They've had incredible success with it. Um, but GTA 6, we've discussed it a couple of times here and there, Robert. But what do you think of the way they announced this, and I guess the inevitability of uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 eventually? Yeah, I mean, GTA 6 was going to be inevitable. GTA 5 just sold too well. Uh, they haven't done anything about it because they're making too much money from GTA Online. Mm-hmm. They make something like 200 plus mil a year um, from like in-game purchases and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I haven't played that game in forever now that I think about it. Because I used to hop in every now and then for online races and the stunt races, which were hilariously fun. Uh but I probably haven't launched that game in like six, seven months. Um, hmm. Outside of that, I mean, they have all the time they need to do it. And yeah. they're going to take all the time they want to do it. Yeah. Uh, just because mm. they can. Yeah. Not in any kind of time or financial crunch to release it any sooner than it's ready. No, no, exactly. When do you think... Obviously, there's been a big time period between now and 2013 when GTA Five did come out. When do you think they started on this? Because they, they kept using the phrase well underway. They didn't use the phrase just started. So I wonder what they mean by well underway. Do you think it's been one, two, three? Um, how many years or how much time do you think it's been? If I started? had to ballpark it, probably 2017 was when they first really started pre-production. Uh, because 2013 is when it launched. And then they had to do all the maintenance and the work moving from the ps3 360 generation to the ps4 xbox uh, one generation so they had to do all that stuff and then they had to get the online right and then they had to do all the updates and stuff so it was probably like you know back burner 
little bits here and there. But I imagine once they got everything humming with online and had all that sweet, sweet money coming in from the online purchases, they probably started their early pre-production like 2017. If I had to, if I had to just throw out a, a number, mm. that would be it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, I'd say maybe about about the same time. I'd be curious to know, like, once this game is out, which is obviously going to be a while away, uh, when they did start and how long things took and everything. Because this is going to be it's going to be a big game. It's going to be a really really big game, which is probably even an understatement itself. Um, so yeah, GTA Six, get ready. We have no idea, we have no information about it at all. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, get ready for it at some point. Um, I tell you what, man, the day, the day they, you know when they usually do, like, hey, check the GTA website, the trailer's about to launch for GTA 6, that's going to be a mad day on the, on the internet, that's going to be, like, it, even the likes of Marvel and Disney shouldn't really bother announcing things on that day, mm-hmm. um, or don't, don't bother premiering, like, any films or your next Disney Plus show, don't bother, like, with, um, you know, your next DC thing or Star Wars um, because that's gonna, you'll probably have, like, some Ninten- little Nintendo Direct or something on the same day, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, no, no, nobody else should do anything else on that day, um, because that's gonna, like, swallow the internet when, when that first trailer comes out, I think, so, uh, do, do you agree? Yeah. Yeah, so, um, because in terms of, I mean, unless, like, what what else could get the same online buzz as like a GTA 6 trailer mm. not not much really something massive Star Wars maybe yeah. um, something massive Star Trek possibly mm. um, Boba, uh, Mandalorian season 3 trailer maybe uh, we've already got it it's uh, the second half of the book of <laughs> Boba Fett yeah yeah um, I don't know maybe the day they do that Disney Plus just puts out a picture of Baby Yoda Mm-hmm. No, 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 no text or information. Just, just a normal picture of Baby Yoda smiling. <laughs> that might, uh, that might do it. Anyway, Robert, that's all I've got to talk about this week. We do have one other email which we'll get to shortly. Uh, but what would you like to talk about this time? Well, not as monumental of a purchase, but if you're a fan of the mobile game Wordle that has been purchased by the New York Times. So much like GeoGuessr, enjoy your fun before it goes up behind a paywall. Uh, Wordle is a daily word puzzle that is blowing up. It has millions of daily users, according to the New York Times, um, which is why the New York Times bought it. They didn't release a number, just said that it paid any low seven figures. Wordle was created by Josh Wardle, and said his game has gotten be- bigger than I ever imagined, and added, he's just one person, so nice payday for you. Um, Wardle assures players that the game will remain free to play, um, but I'm calling bullshit on that because it's the New York Times. They put everything behind a paywall. You can't get anything without subscribing to their dying newspaper. So, Oh, it's one of them ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I... Uh, see a lot of people tweet about this game and their their newest score and I've seen some photos of this game. I still don't know what it is though. I mean it's a uh, word game obviously but I don't know like yeah. how I mean you it's a word it puzzle or... game. I've never played it because I don't really play mobile games on my phone that much anymore. Yeah. Um, but like I said with GeoGuessr 
you have to pay to play that more than once a day. Hmm. Yeah. And it's really right. just Google Maps and Google Earth, and you got to guess where they dropped you. And that's literally all the game is, and now it's a subscription. Hmm. Yeah. Um. So you've not you've not played this? Was it Wordle? It's called Wordle. Yeah. Wordle. Why is it called that? Uh, because it's Word with a couple letters. It's Word, and his name is Wordle. So he just kind of mixed the two together. Sounds like Squirtle, which is a Pokemon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there you go. Um, what? How much money did you say this was? It said low seven figures, so it's at least a million. Jeez. Um, like I said, since one guy created the app, it's not a bad payday. That's very, very true. Yeah. So, even if it's like two hundred grand, that's still a decent amount of money. I mean, everybody's got different thresholds for what's a good amount of money, but still. A a lot so. of it really depends on where you live, especially mm. here in the states, because yeah. a million bucks is king of the castle in some states and it's lower middle class in others and i'm not even joking about that mm. yeah so all right what else you got uh well p uh playstation vr2 pre-orders are about to get started there is a uh, sign up for sony's mailing list that just went live on sony's uh, playstation website um they'll send you news updates and a link uh, to your email when the pre-order goes live, uh, considering how fast the PS5 pre-order sold out and the fact that we're still not able to consistently stock any uh, current-gen console. Um, you definitely want to get on that list if you have any interest in uh, having a PSVR 2. Uh, no price has been set yet. Obviously, that'll be at the uh, uh, the pre-order. That'll get announced uh, as, as, blah, 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 blah. as revealed at CES, the PSVR 2 has an OLED display capable of running games in 4K with HDR at up to 120 hertz. The headset uses Sony's Sense technology, which includes precise inside-out tracking powered by tiny cameras. Uh, most notably, the PSVR 2 has eye tracking, which intends to add another layer of immersion to VR games. The brand new Sense controllers have finger tuck touch detection, motion sensor, and haptic feedbacks. The headset itself also offers haptic feedbacks as well. Uh, I know you're a big VR fan. Are you planning on pre-ordering this, or are you going to let it go? Um, well, I, I, I require some more money first. Before I, <laughs> Don't but, we all? Yeah. Well, I just, I just bought kind of a big console, didn't I? So... Um, can't do too too many of them at once because otherwise I won't have any money left. Um, but uh, I'll 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 get one like eventually. Obviously, we like it's very very early yet. Um, we haven't even like seen this thing fully. Um, and we know that obviously there's a Horizon game in development for this. I believe we talked about that a few weeks ago. Um, but everything you describe in there, like haptic feedback, the touch thing, and all that, and uh, all the all, all the all the bits and bobs of the tech stuff that you just mentioned, all sound very very cool to me. And as I mentioned a few weeks ago, there's so much potential behind this thing. And with like the newer power of the PS5, with this new headset, and there's no more move controllers. Not that the move controllers are actually not as bad as some people say. It's just about getting them to track properly which sometimes is a bit of a pain um but like just just like a refreshed version of vr i think is going to be 
really cool and really have quite a lot of potential behind it which is which is exciting i think um so i'm curious to see what they've got to announce when they've got to announce things obviously and uh kind of see where they go from there um i'm hoping this thing won't be above 300 um but it it is interesting with okay so they got this chip sort chip shortage thing with the ps5 which is stopping so many of them being available I do think it it will make Sony look not so great if they start putting these on the shelf but people still can't quite get PS5s. Um, So they're going to have to manage that hopefully by the time this thing comes out. Because some people have speculated that it could be this year. Um, I kind of hope it's like maybe next year or something. Uh, And then that to give Sony a bit more time to figure out this system shortage because um, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the PS5 first impressions episode that we did which was tied in the same episode as the Activision acquisition but I looked on nine different websites for two weeks and I found one mm-hmm. in in the whole time actually I found two but one of them that I saw one day I sort of because I, I was looking at my options as to like how to pay for it and you know how much and what these things came with and all that sort of thing, and I was like oohing and ahhing about should I buy this one? And then I went to get it literally the next day; it was out of stock. And then it took me about three days after that to find another one, which was the one I actually got, and I just jumped straight on that. So that's quite a shortage. I checked basically daily on six seven eight maybe nine websites for about two weeks and i found two basically in that time because every single other bundle um was out of stock i i even did look at bundles that were a bit too expensive not to go to buy them but just just to see if they were in stock and they weren't so uh at least here in the uk from my experience uh, very very short supply like that really is quite short um so yeah, but what do you what do you make of that and this uh, PSVR two thing? Well, people say chip shortage like it's a single chip. There's thousands of different little mm-hmm. microchips that go into part of that, and it's only certain ones that are having the issue with. Um, so it could be that they've just developed this uh, VR headset with a completely different chipset that they can stock more regularly. And if that's the case, then you know, cool. Um, mm-hmm. I've never played... Well, I, I have played some VR games, nothing even remotely recently. Um, obviously, I don't have a PS5, so it's not going to be in my uh, purchase uh, queue as of late. And honestly, I don't really need to get a PS5 because I don't really play any PS games that much to really justify the purchase. I play a ton of PC and Xbox games. That's why I'm still looking for uh, Xbox console. Um I might get PS5 eventually if they start coming into more of a regular stock. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously the tech's improving. My big thing is when it doesn't feel like I got a, a 20-pound bowling ball on my head, that's when I'm going to get more into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just still can't believe how quick my PS5 is. It's, it's uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I went through the same thing when I got my uh, PC upgrade finished before everything went to hell um mm. the games i'm playing now are the same games that i'm playing back then and they're just they're just cooking yeah yeah it's uh it's pretty nice so 
Um, yeah, and I'll see how fast uh, Seafew is later with all the loading screens and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I think I mentioned this on a Demon Soul stream that I did, and I said like, you can't anymore sort of like, oh, loading screen, I'll check my phone or message this person back or take a sip, t- take a sip of my drink. It's like, nope, it's, great. it's already loaded. You picked your phone up, right? No, you ain't got time to unlock it or, or look, it's loaded already. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, which is good, but it's kind of like funny and stuff. So, there you go. All right, what else you got? Uh, well, Phil Spencer has had quite the banner year to start 2022 off. Um, yeah, first you had the uh, uh, Blizzard Activision acquisition becoming a thing, and now he's getting uh, one of the gaming industry's biggest uh, awards, a Lifetime Achievement Award. The award will be presented at the 25th Annual Dice Awards, um, and he will be presented this award by Todd Howard, a director and producer at Bethesda, which, of course, Microsoft owns. Uh, the Dice hell, Awards... Yeah. The DICE Awards are run by the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences and will take place Thursday, February 24th at 8 p.m. Also, they have a great... If you're really interested in the gaming industry on like on the back end, they have a great podcast called The Game Maker's Notebook. Um, and it's like long-form, hour, hour-and-a-half interviews with like some of the top, top people in the gaming industry. It's something that they don't put out episodes very regularly um but when they do they're always worth a listen so i would highly recommend it mm, cool uh yeah he's done a fantastic job with xbox and microsoft and everything else like that um there's there's no deny there's no denying he stitched together the sinking ship that uh don matrick left him uh which was which is great uh, just you know, as I keep saying with Microsoft and Xbox, I can't wait to see them starting to use these. Well, it's not twenty three studios anymore, is it? It's more than that now. Um, these quite a few studios to mm. see them start pumping some games out. Um, so I can, you know, we can all judge the competition and stuff. But um, no, he's he seems like a person that a lot of people get along with. I've seen. I haven't like watched loads of interviews interviews with him, but I've seen some clips and uh, other things of people really getting along with him. So he seems like a really great person to work with which is uh really really good um especially within you know the, the the bad environment that certain gaming companies have been in recently it's it's good to see it's good to see an executive of course right at the very top because he's head of xbox isn't he um mm-hmm. you know be come across as such a a great person and uh do something so successful so that's good yeah and if you've watched that uh, power on documentary that microsoft released about kind of the history of the Xbox is a gaming console. You can, you really can tell that he's very beloved there, and he turned that ship around after mm-hmm. the Don Matrick kerfuffle. Yeah, yeah, certainly. So uh, there we go. Uh, what else did you want to talk about? Uh, speaking of podcast, uh, Hideo Kojima has created a podcast called Hideo Kojima's Radioverse. Uh, only downside to it I is love that. that yeah. Only downside to it is that it's entirely in Japanese. Oh. Uh, obviously, that's his native language. Um, cool. Far as I can tell, there's no translation of it. Um, I mean, if you if you know, understand Japanese, it's awesome. Um, it's kind of a bummer for those of us that are curious about you know some of his thoughts and insights and don't know anybody that knows Japanese to kind of translate it. Hmm. Yeah, out of like almost anybody in this entire industry he's the one per- one person's brain i'd love to pick in terms of like 
finding out just what's in that weird and wonderful mind. And it is a weird mind, but it's also a very wonderful mind, and he seems like an awesome person and everything. So when I when I say weird, I mean that in just you know the, the creative stuff that he makes, such as like Metal Gear and Death Stranding. Weird is, very, is just the side effect of being awesome exactly um but like you know where where he's gone on and made such weird strange great games like metal gear and death stranding and everything else um yeah he, he's got a brain i'd love to you know sit there and pick i suppose love to pick his brain um there'd be like a few other people i'd love to talk to obviously in the industry as well but in terms of like dissecting somebody's ideas somebody's creative thought process He's probably like near the very top of that list. Obviously, there's other people I'd love to talk to: Kiefer Sutherland, Tom Hanks. The list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, like people that I you know really admire in the world and and whatnot. But in terms of purely creative minds, um, he's he's certainly one of them. Uh, it's a shame, that obviously, his episodes are in Japanese. Um, but like you said, that is the language that he speaks, so it makes sense. Um, and I I can't wait to see, I can't wait to see what he does next because it, even like the build up of the announcements of his games are just so weird and wonderful, and uh, whether it's a Death Stranding two or whatever it is going to be, I think it's going to be great. So yeah, uh, what do you think of Kojima here? Yeah, I mean that's one of those ones that with uh, David over at Geek Town, I'm a little jealous of him because he does get a chance to talk. To so many people, obviously that's mm. his business. He's been doing that for forever. Yeah. Um, but just some of the interviews that he's done, and I'm just like, man, that would be so cool to do. But mm. a lot of work goes into that. But yeah, I mean, it's cool that he's doing the podcast. So um, hopefully I'll be able to find a translation of it at some point. Mm. Um, obviously anything like that's not going to be you know one-to-one. Um, obviously English and Japanese or derived from different sources, so there's never going to be a real one-to-one translation for it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but yeah, David's talked to the voice of Hitman. He's talked to the voice of Bugs Bunny. Those are a few like gaming ones. Well, not really gaming, but obviously Hitman's a game. Mm-hmm. Um, a few like actors, like voice actors and stuff that that come to mind. He's talked to dozens of people, David. But um, yeah, those are the two that kind of spring to mind so um and we'll of course mention where you can find all of david's work at the end of the episode so as as i pretty much do all the time um all right i uh, think i sit on that uh what else you got uh well the last thing i have is that we have an unofficial official announcement for skate 4 um speaking at ea's q3 2022 earnings call uh ceo andrew wilson gestured at skate in a commentary about user Generated content. It would be the core to the experience of the skateboard revival, which is supposedly launching soon. Uh, the full quote goes: "It is at the very center of models like FIFA Ultimate, Madden Ultimate teams, and to the center of the design of Skate, which will be launching soon. And so, this concept of UGC, user-generated content, is really just an extension of the social interaction that I'm able to have with my friends in an, in and around experiencing what is the best entertainment on the planet." And so I believe this is going to be a really important part of our future. It has been forever since Skate 3 came out. Um, and I'm shocked that they haven't done any kind of an update since then. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no clarification of soon in the comments. But like I said, this was an investor's call. So it's not, you know, fanboys fanboying out over, when do we get it? When do we get it? When do we get it? You know, these are the, the people in the suits like, 
okay, and this billion is doing what? And this billion is doing what else? That kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember playing the skate games at school. Uh, and that was at least as late as 2010. So it's been roughly 10 years since since that all happened. Because um, I remember going around a friend of mine's house and playing a couple of them. I don't, I don't remember seeing that friend after finishing high school. So it must have been as late as 2010. Um, but uh, I, I am kind of interested in the 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 way you play these these skate games the way you flick the analog stick and all that and they tried to do the same thing in skater xl skater xl was a really good game it just didn't have any content um so i uh, you know be interested if they actually add some uh someday but um now let's see what they do with uh skate 4 i think they've mentioned this before somewhere um but uh yeah it would be it'd be good if ea gets back to doing some of those games and doesn't rely quite so much on the sort of you know sports games every year and obviously Star Wars and whatnot. So that'll be uh, good to see. But uh, would you be interested in Escape Four? I would definitely at least have it on my radar because I do play uh, Skate Three every now and then. It is part of Game Pass. The controls are just they're unique and you just got to get used to them. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, what else have you got? That's all I got for today. Cool. Uh, we've got one email to talk about, but before we jump into that, um, something I just remembered as we were talking about all the Xbox stuff, did you see the Halo trailer? Yeah, it was alright. I I thought it looked pretty good, actually. Um, I saw some reactions and, uh, you know, things like that on the internet. A lot of people seem to be kind of lukewarm on it. I thought it looked pretty good. Um looked better than what I was kind of expecting. Some of the character designs looked alright. I thought the war scenes looked okay. And for like a first proper glimpse at the series, um, I thought it made, at least on me, it made a decent first impression. I just don't like this whole Paramount Plus thing. No. Um, <laughs> um, the thing that I've been hearing rumors about is that the Master Chief is going to be a backburner character. And if that's the case, that's going to piss a lot of people off. Okay. Why, why would you do that? Because uh, they want to push other characters in the forefront. I don't know why. Like I said, this is just rumors. I don't know anybody that works on the show or has any real interaction right, right. with the script or not, but pe- there, there's speculation that it's it's not going to be Master Chief forward. Which... Okay. This doesn't, doesn't make much sense. Um, well, neither did Halo 5, but they still made it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I guess they did try that before, didn't they? And it didn't mm-hmm. work. So, because there's really, I mean, other than Cortana, what did you think of the look of Cortana, by the way? It's always tr- tough finding live action models to fit that and then trying to CGI it. Yeah, just hits yeah. that uncanny valley really hard. Mm. Yeah. I guess maybe when we get our first proper back and forth between the two of them, that might look a bit better. Because she says, like, hey, I'm my name is Cortana or whatever and it sort of just stopped on her maybe when we get like an actual conversation between her and Master Chief that might look a bit like when we see her more properly within the environment and stuff and next to him that might make more sense I thought she looked alright and again you're going for that kind of live action hologram look thing um so it can be can be a little strange um but no I hope they kind of 
I mean, yeah, if you're trying to do some sort of passing the torch thing in season one, that doesn't make that much sense. I mean, I'm I'm a big, big, big fan of like doing pass the passing the torch stories, but not in season one. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll see how it works out. It's what March twenty fourth, I think. Yeah. Um. So yeah, which for for those of you who may or may not have listened to Geek Town last week, uh, we're supposed to be getting Paramount Plus. Here in the UK soon. That's when Star Trek Discovery season three of season four will properly come out. Uh, it's on like this Pluto TV nonsense at the moment, um, and it may, it may make sense that if it's launching in March, that it will launch on that day. Um, do, you, do you know what day twenty fourth uh, is? That a Friday or something? I can look real quick. Okay, thank you. March twenty fourth is a Thursday. Thursday. Oh, they they do air the Star Trek episodes on Thursdays, I think. So that yeah, makes the hilarious thing about that trailer is they premiered it during the uh, NFL Championship weekend. It's not the Super Bowl that's next weekend, but the two teams that made it into the Super Bowl were going that weekend, and they showed the trailer in the middle of one of the games, and Tony Romo, who is a retired uh, NFL quarterback, was just like had no clue. It was like he's he's too young to be an for this to be an okay boomer moment, but it was literally an okay boomer moment. Cool. It's like what is that um, a video game or something? It's like don't you have kids? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my, yeah. I think my mom and dad know what Halo is. Yeah, he was he was not impressed, and he was getting dunked on pretty hard by the internet over it. Oh, okay. Well, that's not a hard thing to have happen. So no, yeah. <laughs> definitely not. Um, but yeah, if it launches on that day on the Thursday, but then we get it on, we get the app launched on a Friday, that would make a certain amount of sense over here. Because I think Disney Plus launched on, did Disney Plus launch on a, I think it launched on a Tuesday or a Friday or something over here. Um, but yeah, if it, if it launches with like the finished Discovery Season 4 and Halo Season 1, that would be good. Uh, so... We'll, uh, we'll have to see what happens. So, yeah. Um, Alright, let's get to the last email that we got here, which is from Lauren. And she says, Was wondering if Matt had tried the old Doom games with his love of F- FPSs, so first-person shooters. Um, yeah, I've talked a bunch, haven't I, of course, about first-person shooters. Call of Duty, which is the one that I gravitate towards. The disaster of the Battlefield 2042. I've talked about Titanfall. I've talked about many, many, many different uh, first-person shooter games. Um, I tried the two newest Doom games, which is Eternal and the 2016 game. Both I thought were good, um, but they weren't really my kind of taste, so to speak. Um, I would be curious to try the original, because you're asking about the old Doom games, so I'm assuming you mean the original ones. Um, there's probably a certain amount of... Res- oh, you are right there? Yeah. Cool. There's probably a certain amount of charm and respect I would recognize for that game um in terms of like the charm those old games have probably got and the respect i would have for that as a first person shooter fan um do you know where i could get the old doom games the original Uh, ones i know they're part of game pass like the old school original doom and doom 2 are part of game pass so if you do that to where you uh um, get the, the three months for a pound. You can play it that way. Hmm. Yeah, it's something I'm curious of to to have a look at certainly because it probably will have that old sort of charm to it, and obviously that owes 
Um, Call of Duty and those sort of newer games do owe a lot to things like Doom and Quake and those sort of older games. So I'm, I am interested and curious to do that, but probably not right now because all the games I just mentioned at the start of the show. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, have you have you played any of the old Doom games or the newer ones? I, was, kind of... ne- I was never really a first-person shooter. Yeah. And I... It's uh, more my thing, I suppose. That was that was my era, too. Like, the Doom, the Quakes. You gotta remember, before first-person shooter was a term, anything that was a first-person shooter was called a Doom clone. Um, mm. That's how prolific it was. It's just those early games like that kind of gave me a bit of motion sickness. Like, oh. I don't know if you've ever seen video of the game Descent. It was a really early flying game. It was notorious for giving people motion sickness. Hmm. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to uh, seek them out and have a look. I think Doom 3 was... Wasn't it re-released on VR for PlayStation? That might be an interesting experience. <laughs> yeah. I think, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I think I think they were. There was some sort of like Doom anniversary or something they did that i think so i think they were added to switch maybe i'm uh, not obviously in vr but um yeah do you remember that vr cardboard thing that Nintendo yeah tried i remember to do? that <laughs> yeah the verbo or something like that yeah it's a cardboard thing they also tried to do that um i can't even remember the name of it that fitness not the fitness thing sorry uh the ring. where you could where you could like build stuff with it oh as well. the the lab something or other yeah yeah nobody talks about those anymore i wonder why <laughs> so yeah yeah i'm still very curious to check out that um is it a home circuit uh mario oh, the, Kart? The, the race car thing yeah yeah i see those cool. in stock every now and then i just when i have a very very small apartment and two they're a hundred bucks and three i don't have anybody to play with right yeah yeah, that's one of the things. Like, I'm still interested to go back and play like Lego Dimensions. I never got around to playing it because it was always way too expensive. Um, and even though they're not continuing with it anymore, you can still go and buy all the stuff that was out for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's a shame when you do have like more physical sort of games like that. That just obviously because there's the cost of making the actual thing, especially with the Lego stuff, that they just become so expensive. Because I did really enjoy things like um, Disney Infinity. That was kind of a cool idea um so yeah anyway that's what we've got for you for this week's episode if you would also like to write in with your thoughts feelings questions comments about anything we've mentioned or let us know what you're playing etc etc matthew at entertainmenttalk.org twitter etalkuk there's a contact page and information in your show notes Uh, so have a look out for all of those things uh, you can also if you're listening on the website version of this you can find the big email box just scroll down a bit uh, you'll see the e- uh, put your email and your message in there, and you can also use the clickable email name to send us a message, of course, as well. Uh, if you like what you've heard today and you'll support more of what we're doing on Entertainment Talk, which, which lots of you are doing, the site is going very, very well at the moment, so thank you to everybody very much who's contributed to everything. Um, and thank you, Robert, for continuing to join me for these episodes. I don't Tons of fun. Of yeah, don't say that kind of stuff often, but... Uh, needs to be mentioned now and again as well so uh that's awesome um what was i going to mention yes you can find all of our episodes over on entertainmenttalk.org you can also find us on your favorite podcast platform by searching for entertainment talk for your tv video games films 
and Manchester United podcast. So take a look out for all of those. Uh, got plenty of stuff in the pipeline, as we always do. Uh, past, present, future, all that kind of stuff. Lots of things to listen to. Um, so there's all that uh, you can use word of mouth and social media let other people know about what we're doing and where they can find it either by just telling them or spreading the word of mouth around on social media that really helps us out as well you can also support us through Patreon there's the $1, $3 level tiers for your ad free podcast and review options over on Patreon uh, David who we've mentioned a few times he does post regularly uh, TV and film news over on geektown.co.uk you can also find Geektown Radio and as Robert mentioned with the interviews there's a separate interview show uh, called is it Beh- I think it's called Behind the Scenes Geektown uh, mm-hmm. you can find it on the same same podcast feed and all that sort of stuff that's for the interviews that Robert mentioned earlier but your TV and film news and all that kind of stuff uh, geektown.co.uk Geektown Radio uh, those Geektown Radio episodes come out on Tuesdays so have a look out for those uh, Bex is still streaming basically daily over on Twitch, Trista B-Y-T-E-S. Go and give her a follow over there with what she's doing. Lots of really, really great stuff. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitch as well at eTalk UK for my different video game streams. And you can also, uh, if you want to find them, the archive streams later and the COD clips and all sorts of things. There's been some really funny stuff happening with COD <laughs> lately. So you can find all those clips and streams and whatnot over on YouTube entertainment and talk plays it does need to be updated but there's plenty over there so yeah have you seen any any of those cod clips or, or anything like that I'll, I'll catch a couple of them i haven't been able to catch you live it's outside for that one time mm-hmm. um just because i'm so randomly in a position to where i can uh, watch twitch so uh-huh yeah um but for anybody wondering about the the clips basically when little things happen like i get a cross map thermite kill or some just some crazy thing happens in the game i do this little like quick quick uh capture so some of the clips are like 15 seconds some of them are like a few minutes some of them are between that and there's there's quite a few of them over on youtube so if you want to watch some crazy cod stuff uh some quick sort of like clips and things uh youtube entertainment talk plays i gave them all sort of different names and that sort of thing they're very quick for me to record they're very quick for me to upload so uh that's really great as well so entertainment talk plays on YouTube. Thanks very much for listening and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Whew.